Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bridgerton Post Show Recap. Today, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 8 of Bridgerton, After the Rain. That's right. We did it. It's over. I'm Kirsten McKinnis, joined by uh, half of our our, uh, Dark Walk Quartet, Sasha Joseph and Sarah Carradine are here. Sarah, how are you? I'm wonderful. I've brought you sugared almonds and licorice. Oh. So fancy. My goodness. Of course. Sasha, how are you? I'm doing well. I've just brought my, you know, unquenchable thirst for the Duke. <laughs> this is really get like it. your get last it. chance. Get, yeah, I get know. him while you can. Get him while he's hot and wet. Ugh. Oh my god. Not From this the again. rain. From the rain. We're not there yet. We're right. there. We're going to talk about okay. after the rain. Um, All right. Let's, let's talk about after the rain. Yes. So we're done. We're all, we're almost on the season. Very exciting stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, we've got some loose ends that need to be tied up in this episode, and most of those do resolve revolve ugh, do revolve around our our couple Daphne and Simon. So they are not they are not talking. They are very awkward. They are they're getting a portrait painted. And We're getting a portrait painted by Benedict's sort of friend and mentor, yes. the artist that we've spoken about before, and yeah, he notices Randall. that they are so far apart as to yeah. not be displaying the happiness that uh, naturally they should be feeling. 
He's like, get a little closer. Uh, I know you're in love. I just love <laughs> that he's like, this is so awkward. Stop it. Do better. Mm-hmm. Don't act like yeah. this. It'd I be- feel like you. Yeah, I feel like even after they got a little closer, it was still like an awkward pose. Yeah. I just think it's really funny because I think Daphne, right, we know is this is her first like brush with love or sex rather say not love. And so every time he touches her, it's like she's in another dimension. And it's it's like, oh, to be that young and dumb again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he touched my shoulder. Right. And now I'm just like, why are you touching me? Get off. Like, I, so you are not a uh, physical touch. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. This is why this came up um last time when Angela was here that she's like, don't touch me. Separate bedrooms are the way to go. And yes. I was like, but if I don't get cuddled, I'll die. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'll be unwell. That's my husband. Yeah. And I'm very <laughs> much not. <laughs> so get it's a us. struggle. Body, get him a body pillow to cuddle. No, like I, because I get so cold, I use two blankets and he even hates that. He's like, no, we have to share the same blanket. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very much like, don't talk to me. Like it's sleep time. You're going to have like separate bedrooms and you'll get him a maternity pillow so that he exactly. can feel. Listen, I, I asked and I was very much given a look. So I stopped. That's <laughs> That is hilarious. I, you know I what? Know. I feel like it's nice to have the option. Yeah, but he said I mean, no. I married you. <laughs> two two bedrooms is ideal. Two bathrooms, two bedrooms, if you can, obviously. If it's within your means, if you're a Bridgerton, but not if you're a Featheringham. So because mm-hmm. they don't they even have money. Damn house. They've got no money. They've got a house. They're, and they're about to have. They're about to have no Lord Feathering. So I'm um, jumping ahead, I know, but yeah, they're about to lose everything. Not everything. good for them. Uh, we also get um, the Penelope and Marina of it all where um, Marina is very ready to leave and go home. The season is over. The experiment failed and she can leave. She also feels that the tea she brewed in the previous episode has worked because if it hadn't worked, she would have felt something and she's felt nothing. So she is convinced that all in the downstairs department, you know, she's got an empty uh, basement suite and uh, she mm. can go back to the farm and, you know, yeah. resume her life uh, without Sir George, but also yes. without the baby. She's very much uh, assumes that the pregnancy is over, which I don't actually think we talked about the tea like in depth last time, but just so sad. Oh, so sad. I mean, it's just it again comes down to everything we talked about, right? Education for women, mm-hmm. zero or negative, actually. It's almost <laughs> it's so bad that it's almost he's hurting them. So it's just. Yeah. At this point, just tell them nothing instead of telling them, like, the most fake nonsense. When did condoms get invented? Honestly, that's um, exactly what I thought early. of and I forgot to research. Yeah, very early. They used um, uh, goat member. Dating back I to 1000 CE? Yeah. yeah. I mean, people have been having sex in the, <laughs> since the beginning of time. So I guess really? condoms needed to come. So what yeah. happened here? 
Well, she was very ill. She fell to the ground. She was clutching. They found her on the ground and now she's better. So, I mean, we would know that nothing had been expelled, but if she doesn't know, then she doesn't know, as you say. No, I mean. This lack of education. Yeah, no, I mean for condoms, like to not even get oh, to this place. So it lo- it looks like um for like rubber condoms didn't come about until 1855, oh, and then so latex close. came out in the t- 1920s. So Bridgerton in 1813, like there would have definitely been some sort of barrier devices that would have existed, but it wouldn't have been like a condom as we know it, and certainly not like mass produced in the way that. Obviously, now you can just go get, like, a handful for free from, like, any clinic. Oh, yeah, because in 1700, it looks like they had animal intestines hmm. as Yuck. condoms. So, That's oh, just damn. a sausage, sausage I guess guessing. it's really – yeah, basically. Hmm. Literally. Literally. <laughs> um, But they probably – but if you're on a farm, isn't that the easiest thing Wait, but thing what to if – okay – I know that this is so besides the point. Right. But, like, how do they make the animal intestine condom not smell to the point that it ruins the arousal of the – I guess everyone smelled bad. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Well, also, I mean, you you if you have ever made a sausage, that, that it has an odor, but it's not a rank odor. It's washed. Got it. I've never made a sausage. Yeah, I've been a vegetarian since birth. Yeah, and as you a weren't, You weren't lady. a vegetarian before you were born. Well, I think my mom was a vegetarian life? at the time. So you were sucking her blood. Oh, well, yeah, it was a parasite, like all <laughs> fetuses. Not this again. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Why does it keep happening? Oh my god! Oh. I also want to say it's interesting that everyone's talking about leaving, except that when the Duke is like with for Marina, everyone's like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, get the hell out of here! Like, we're ready for you to leave." But with the Duke. Immediately, Daphne just shuts that down. And she's like, no, you're not going to leave until this ball is over and until the end of the season. And yeah. he's just like, uh, okay, what? If you're so mad at her, shouldn't you have some kind of a backbone? But no, he's so in love with her. He loves her. I just wanted to he highlight her. that. It's so yeah. funny. And I also think it's like, regardless of how he feels and what he wants and you know how he feels about his dad's view of the the dukedom and all of that he still wants to make a good impression and and like to look good in the eyes of society like he spent his whole life working on you know improving his speaking skills and being perfect so if he leaves and leaves his wife in town to host a ball alone it would reflect poorly on him and that's also not something that he can handle in addition to being in love yeah and and also even the uh, visit to the drawing room at the Bridgertons all she has to say is oh my brothers will think it's strange if you're not there right he's there he goes so yes he does have that eye to society while maintaining the air of not caring i think but it's the ticking clock right the the season is over in 3 days so we also think, all right, come on, 72 minutes to tie up everything. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like a lot happens in this episode. Yeah, like yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching yeah. it and I was like, oh, it's still not over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got it. Literally. But it, it's great. Um, We also get, I guess we could just wind up the marina of it all mm-hmm. for, for you two. Yeah. Yeah, let's do um, that. 
Um, you know, Daphne had put out the feelers to try and get information about George, who is away on the continent, and they get the answer in the form of his brother being there with the very unfortunate news that George has died on the battlefield. He did know about their child that was coming, and he wanted to do right by Marina and be with her, but he died before he was even able to post her letter that said that. Yeah, she is completely overcome by this half-written letter that uh, Sir Philip, uh, George's brother, has brought her and uh, she tells Daphne privately, he loved me, he loved me. And she feels loved and cherished and returned to her, you know, her knowledge of herself. She feels bad that she ever doubted uh, um, George. But I also want to say, Marina, don't don't rely on a man for your self-worth. But it is to be understood how she feels. And it's a little, it's a moving moment and her eyes are full of tears but sparkling. So it's this real mixture of that George is dead but that George loved her and he never intended to leave her. But she doesn't really want to marry Sir Philip. Sir Philip would like to look after her. She doesn't want to do it. And I also just want to say, and this is um, light spoilers for Bridgerton series book five, which is Eloise's book, but that book is called To Sir Philip with Love. So I am very curious on if that will still be the case in the show or not. Yeah. That's because of Marina. Also- yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, sorry. Yeah. No, and here's my other question, right? Why did Marina have to have such a sad ending? I still don't understand. Like, why couldn't he have just shown up, Sir George, and it would have been a happy... Like, she's just... Yeah. I don't know. Like, I still don't understand why they needed to give her this, like, horrible, sad ending. Because I'm assuming they're not going to bring her back. So just, like, let her ride off in the sunset. Damn it. Right, like it's it, it just doesn't. I feel like it just makes things a little bit more sad and tragic to be like, okay, well, Marina doesn't get what she wants, and like, are those supposed to be the consequences of not falling in love? Like, I, I just don't understand right. what purpose it serves to do it like this. I loved it narratively because I think I said last episode or the one before that there is such there is a, a sort of a, not a fellow feeling but a similarity between her and uh, Lady Featherington, Portia. And one of my favourite uh, moments of the entire series is uh, when Marina has realised that, in fact, the baby is still there uh, it has not gone anywhere. It is now kicking that she must accept Sir Philip's um, proposal. And she goes to speak to Portia. It's almost like a woman-to-woman moment. And she says to Portia, how did you do it? How did you live a marriage for two and 20 years uh, where there was no love? And Portia just is the realist that she is for the entire season, just saying that you find small things and that your children are part of the you know the, the joy of your life and I love that kind of resolution yeah it's a sad resolution for Marina but it's a resolution of the sort of Lady, Lady Featherington Marina uh, battle where they actually stand together as woman to woman and they that she has something to give Marina poor though it is and bleak though it is uh, so I actually like it I like the 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 acid in the sweetness uh, in this in this ending listen I'm here for a romantic story i want happy like happily ever afters for all characters <laughs> correct okay. all right correct i'll, I'll just, tell sean i'll tell shonda for season yeah two. please let shonda yeah. know yeah, if you could I tell just... shonda and like anyone who's going to call themselves also a romance writer 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't have happily ever after. It's not romance. Well, this one is Batman, queen of by. heartbreak. So it, it's on brand. Unfortunately, if you're scandal, Grey's Anatomy, how how to get away with murder, but yeah. then nothing is happy ending with that lady. But yeah, the only well, the only thing that's even remotely a happy ending I can think of is that the way things have actually been left with Jackson and April is very positive. Yeah, that's the literally because it looked like it was going to be really bad, and then they saved it. So it's well, because apparently uh, the the people or the, the actors the care cast. a lot. It was that was trending today. <laughs> yeah, me too. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I read that whole article. Anyway, but anyway, yeah, I just but- I feel like justice for my girl. She deserves better than to be in like an unhappy situation yeah. I, I wasn't reading i wasn't reading it unhappily i was reading that 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 sir philip wanted to do his duty and he wanted to look after marina as george would have liked i mean there's going to be a bebe they might have a wonderful domestic partnership lots of people have domestic partnerships but will she ever have matter. sex again like that's so oh, they're sad gonna, they'll have sex they'll have sex come on that's my question that was my question she likes cake him. she likes cake yeah i She's just wonder if him I wonder if he looks like his brother and if that would make it weird, though. I must say no. no. Didn't it used to be, like, a custom where, like, if a husband died, then the, like, widow would marry that man's brother? Like, isn't that a thing that used to happen? Mm -hmm. At least in the Torah, I know that that is is the case. That's all I need to know. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the oldest book says so. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we also um, – so, yeah, at the end, she realizes she's still pregnant, leaves with um, Sir Philip, uh, which I feel like we fully covered. But just to close that loop uh, officially, we also have the Eloise uh, exposing Lady Whistledown thing where she is really heavy into thinking that it's um, Genevieve slash Madame Delacroix. Uh, she became convinced in that carriage ride home with Benedict uh, in the last episode. And so she uh, goes to the shop, though it is closed, to, quote, buy a dress for the ball, even though she has one. Uh, and I thought this was quite um, comedic with Benedict hiding uh, in the back uh, I don't know why he came downstairs though. Probably because he, he heard his heard sister. Yeah, yeah, he's probably like this little runt. He's why is a, she here? Uh, he's in a very attractive state of undress. Uh, Madame Delacroix is in a marvelous brocade dressing gown. Uh, Eloise, take a hint. I take she hint, can't. Girl. She doesn't know what that is. You have she to remember know. this poor. She doesn't know. It's well, yeah, because so if she knew. Funny. She wouldn't have gone because I think this is the next morning after they picked her up. And so you'd think that she would put together that maybe Benedict is with her. She doesn't mm-hmm. know what that means. She doesn't, she doesn't know. You get married. That's she still doesn't know how babies are made. But it's I mean, a wonderful. Daphne... Sorry. No, Daphne didn't even know that you need more than one nightgown. So, you know, so you... Eloise <laughs> don't know anything about she what happens. She doesn't know you night. need no nightgown. Is the yeah, thing. basically. Yeah. Nightgowns yeah. get in the way. But there's a great scene here between uh, Eloise and, uh, and Genevieve. And Eloise is trying to hint because I know your Lady Whistledown. Lady Whistledown better be careful. Lady Whistledown better do this, this, and this. She thinks and, she's so subtle. I know. And, Eloise, who we all think is at this point is Lady Whistledown, she answers, and it all makes sense if you think she's Lady Whistledown. Yeah. Uh, yes, she Lady Whistledown me. is clever. Lady Whistledown knows what she's doing, 
and all of that. And Eloise is extremely pleased with herself and uh, leaves the shop. Yeah, I just, I couldn't. I love that. She's like, she should know that angering her customers, it's not good. Like, stop. <laughs> You're so silly. You look so bad, Eloise. She's it's embarrassing. Her full clown makeup on. Right? Oh, my God. Um, We also have, so there's another boxing match in this episode as well. And this is the, this we also get the setup for this boxing match in this episode, correct? Or am mm-hmm. I? I'm just, I feel like I'm getting episode seven and eight confused. Yeah, we had the setup in seven where Lord Featherington suggested to Will that he might like to throw the match and yes. he would be on his opponent and, and split the, the purse. And Will said, absolutely not. Uh, and at the beginning of this episode, he lies awake beside his wife staring at the ceiling. So we know something's up with Will. He's, yeah, he spends a lot of this episode, you know, worried about his family and their future and what to do next. Um, his wife is very against him throwing this match, but he is like, this could release, like, I can't just go around getting punched forever, basically. Yeah. Uh, which, you know what, fair, and I, I wouldn't want to get punched even one time, let alone for my livelihood. Mm-hmm. So uh, we do get that. Um, Simon does go to the match and uh, Will does throw the match yeah and so there's talk about honor and what greater honor there could possibly be than looking after your family so while this is will's uh, excuse or justification to simon we know that simon's hearing it a different way so all the threads are plaiting together and meanwhile anthony's come to the to the boxing match and is making eyes at sienna Across the crowd. Oh, he's making more than eyes with Sienna. Yeah, he's trying to make babies. Like, is the, what bo- like the boxing, ma- the boxing the- match scene is so bizarre because it's cutting. It's like on Riverdale. They'll do cuts between like a musical number and someone getting beat up. And it's just like that, except instead of a musical number, it's uh, Anthony and Sienna having sex like under the ring. Like, where are they? How are they is no they're in the ble- under the bleachers. It's a vigorous, rumpy, pumpy underneath the bleachers that people are sitting above their heads. Just like Riverdale. <laughs> like, under <laughs> the bleachers, let's be honest. Like, literally uh, under the bleachers. I I don't understand it. Um, it's so bizarre to me. But whatever. Will's getting paid. Lord Featherington's getting paid. Anthony's getting laid. It's, it's a big <laughs> Oh, thing. I like that. <laughs> it's just, it's so weird because Sienna is literally with the nice man who nice you know man. like loves her for who she is. We don't know anything about him, but I just mean like he accepts her, right? Yeah, in my brain, he's a nice man and he understands yeah, exactly. the situation. And he's, yeah, he's che- and young and attractive. She's cheating on him with this low down, dirty person that does not. You have love to her. start loving Anthony. You have to Ooh. start loving Anthony. Listen, I actually watched the trailer story. for season two just so I could be like, okay, let's get hype. And like, it was cute. I was into mm. it. I do yeah. feel like they've made much better stylistic choices <gasps> for his clothes, hair, yes. and face. Oh. His hair looks so different. He, he looks, looks so much younger. So much better. He looks like someone that I w- would want to consider dating as opposed to how he is in this season where he looks like a fool. Yeah. Um, I know the season two trailer oh, made me so excited, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Congratulations like, to hair and makeup. Uh, yes, you deserve Yeah, no, that was actually one of our questions too on Discord. Um, A few people actually asked in different ways. Someone said they were excited 
um about Anthony for season two, and then someone else was like, I'm really not liking it. Why are we so excited about Anthony? I'd rather skip to another child. <laughs> Which and I totally I feel like it's totally fair to feel that way after watching season one and the way mm-hmm. that Anthony has acted, but I just need you to know that season two is going to be a totally different vibe. We're going to actually get some understanding of why Anthony the way he is. Why, why Anthony is the way he is, why like his motivations and all of that. And we're going to get to see him fall in love with like such a cool leading lady. Like I yeah. absolutely am so excited. I'm so excited that they um, made it the Sharma family and we've got some Indian representation. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. Cause like uh, even yeah. in books, Anthony's book is probably the best one out of all of them. Wow. Oh, wow. I think we will love him through her because we love her so much. I, That's I feel, what I think. I yeah. think I'm excited for Kate and I'm going to be like, okay, the man she loves has to be good enough. I can't yeah. hate on him. And like, yeah, we're, go- yeah. we're going to be mad at him a little bit, but like, don't well, like come to his senses. He'll, he'll yeah. figure it out. It'll be okay. Well, we were um, mad at Simon as well. So I think that I'm works. still, a little mad at Simon actually yeah he just needs therapy his dad really screwed him he really does Duke daddy really did a number on that boy (laughs) (sighs) he's now Duke daddy so okay so so should we finish um Anthony and Sienna then yeah so we have the moment um before the ball where Anthony and Sienna are like cuddled up in bed just talking like uh in various states of undress. And this is the first time I've ever actually been like, oh, there's affection between these two people. Cause all we've ever seen this whole time is them like banging against a tree, banging under the bleachers, banging right in front of the open door. Like we've never seen any non-sexual component of their relationship. And it was, I was like, oh, there is love between these two people. Like it's the first I've ever even noticed that. Yeah, and I mean, and that's like the point of it, right? Is it that now he, Anthony, finally feels free, and that's why their it's almost their relationship has changed because of it. And you know, he's not just kind of going as an escape to Sienna, or yeah, is it that it's finally time for them, but it's too late? Yeah. Well, and he also just doesn't get it because they're cuddled no. up. She has to go to the ball. No, he has to go to the ball. She's, like, asking, oh, are you going to waltz? What are you – like, very playful, which is very, you know, in the terms of the relationship that they could have societally at this time. And he is, like, no, just come to the ball. Like, my sister's a duchess, and I am a lord, and uh, no one will say anything if I bring you. And it's, like, sir, no. No. Trying to make – a no. round hole squid a fit a square peg and it's just not happening she, what, sir what she, what's she gonna do she's gonna arrive i mean what what is he thinking well he's not thinking yeah why are men right like yeah, literally <laughs> this yeah. is very much one of those moments where you're just like yeah they maybe sometimes do share one brain um because <laughs> what is going on right like would she come with you, Anthony? You know, she's going to she's gonna have to be stuck with you the entire time because your mom is going to stare daggers down this lady. Oh, Violet will murder you, Sienna. Yeah, like, you'll be saying. dead. Yeah. So it's and just, she knows. It's horrible. She knows because this is, I mean, we are being shown, look, one of the things and one of the reasons that I, that I will ship Marina, I wish, I wish she had had a, a happier, a happier ending, but I don't. 
object to the ending that she had because we have the privileged women, we have the working women, and then we have the working women. I mean, she's a, she's an opera singer. And the ease with which men can travel through the different classes and the rigidity with which women are stuck in their classes. Mm-hmm. And so this is the huge difference between um, Benedict and Anthony is that Benedict is trying to find how he can live that bohemian life, but he's no more expecting to live the bohemian life within the ton uh, than Fly to the Moon. He knows that that life is there, available, but it is outside of society. And Anthony can't understand that there there's no way to to do this and that it, it would be damaging to, to Sienna, who he purports to love. He's being super selfish. He's only thinking Horrible. about himself that he would like to have her there and not considering the consequences for her. And that's what she says. She says, we can't do this because you don't understand what this is supposed to be. Yeah, and I just love her line because she says, I know you're lost, but I will not let you set me set me adrift anymore. And that is the r- realest line ever because she's like, you know what? This man's a hot mess and he has status. So everything that I am not, he is. So if I am to, you know, hitch my boat to this, it's go- it all means that I might get stuck in the storm, which I don't want to be. I have a perfectly fine person here who's willing to love me who I'm assuming doesn't have the same like level of like class or he understands that he can have a mistress right that's what the relationship is yeah either way exactly either way he's willing to like bring her out in public and it's not this like ordeal yeah and it's not in the shadows she says she says he doesn't this is the nice man that we've all decided is a nice man he's young he's attractive he's well-dressed uh, presumably has money because he can keep her. And she says, he doesn't want to change me. He he mm-hmm. knows who I am. He, he knows who I am. And exactly. I think that's sort of a relief and a, a resting place for her and a security for her because she's been looking for security, um, you know, in her life because she has to make her own way. And so she says, let me go, you bloody little idiot. She doesn't say that bit. She says, let me go. She has tears in her eyes. He has tears in his eyes. Um and she closes the door in his face, and that is the end of their relationship. Yes. Is that how it ends in the books, too? She doesn't exist in the books. Oh, right. I keep forgetting. Oh. I keep forgetting. We like the way the books work is that they're all just like such different universes from each other that like got it. Like, I mean, she maybe exists in the books in like an abstract way that Anthony probably had a mistress. Um, and it, it might even lightly come up in the beginning of book two that he like. He's been a wife or whatever. Push her aside, yeah. Um, But there's never any interaction with, like, a mistress like that. And so it's really – I think that the challenge of this being a TV show is that they're trying to intertwine all of the stories so much that it's fundamentally changing how things are set up and adding new things in. Um, Because if this was just Daphne and Simon's story, it doesn't leave you any room to – be ready to feel anything about any of the other Bridgertons for like season two and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the a book series, you can put it down and you're like, okay, well now I move on to the next one, which is about someone else. Yeah. And it's just like a different uh, experience. But uh, sorry for yelling at you about that. So I was, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm no, I no, we love you. We did love. not yell. We oh love. My God. So oh, the last, the last we see of Anthony is um, the day after the ball. Um, Daphne says, I didn't see you. And he says he was under the weather. He was under something. Um, 
and he says he is now ready to marry and they get very excited. Oh, who could the young lady be? He said it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's just going to pick whoever the, the best whoever. one is. He said yep. love complicates everything. We don't so do not- love. And it's uh-huh. just what a thing for Season someone two. who just got dumped to say, right? It's like, mm, love is pain and love only hurts you. So I b- say no to love forever. And it's like, okay, you baby, like and give it a couple months and, and you'll be okay. <laughs> and you're going to meet right? someone you're going to meet someone very special and you don't deserve her, but we will, we will applaud it nonetheless. Yeah. So we'll we'll make it work. He's set up for season two and that's the end of him. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. We're going to get a whole season. Buckle up kids. <laughs> and listen, it's, I, it, I think it's going to be really good. I think it's going to be really good. I think really so good. too. I think so too. Um, we also get, um, da- Daphne finds out about, what really happened to the Duke in this episode. She asks him before the boxing match and she finds the letters from that um, Simon had sent to his father that were never read or opened. And uh, she's now understanding a little bit why Simon is damaged. Yeah, yeah that, that Duke daddy said, basically, if you're not perfect, then I don't want any part of you. Or you yeah, have right. no choice but to be perfect. Like perfection yeah. is... They're normal and anything outside of that equals you're not worth any of my time. And like the fact that he hadn't even opened the letters, like it's, I don't know how you can, like, even if you see a random child right on the road and if they're like, look like they're even in a little bit of struggle, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like at least something about me will be like, is that kid okay? Right. Even if Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not saying I'm going to go to the depths of, you know, whatever to Mm -hmm. save it or whatever, but I'm just going to make sure that, Oh, is there an adult around you or something? So imagine your own flesh and blood, right. To see this. It's so horrible. And what an idiot, what, like what a horrible, horrible human being. And this is why, right. Simon in his brain, he feels that, oh, because I'm not perfect for Daphne, it equals I need to not be with her, period. Yeah. Lady Danbury has the secrets that uh, mm-hmm. luckily she sees Daphne reading the letters and gives her a little bit of the inside scoop. So there's a yeah. little bit of the older women uh, coming into play here, both Lady Danbury and finally Violet Bridgerton has some good oh. advice. Finally. Um, and they can guide. They can guide the younger woman here, mm-hmm. or the younger women. Well, I also feel like when it comes to Violet, there's a little bit of more give and take because at the start, Violet is being like very intractable and is not willing to have the Featheringtons at the ball after what um, Marina and them did mm-hmm. or tried to do to Colin. And um, Daphne is like, I think we should forget the sins of the past and move forward with grace. And I feel like that moment of kind of seeing Daphne as a woman who is you know wise and kind and good opens Violet's eyes a little bit more to be able to give her the the good advice later on yeah yeah beautiful and we we also get at the at the ball we get Eloise saying to Daphne I want to thank you for something I want to thank you for being perfect so I didn't have to be um which is a very much a double-edged sword that yeah that yeah that Daphne realizes oh okay so I'm in this as well I'm at fault yeah. as well this is another yeah. question we got actually um where someone asked do we think that Violet is a bad mom 
Um, no. I, exactly. I was like, no, I don't think she's a bad mom. Um, or yeah, is Violet a terrible parent? I feel like she drops the ball so much this season, especially on Daphne's wedding day. Well, and it's like, and I think she's naive. I don't know. Like, it's it's bad. fair to ask the question, but when you're seeing an yeah. example of a legitimately terrible parent in the form of the Duke's father in this yes. series, like Violet um, is not perfect. She certainly makes mistakes and and doesn't know what to say to Daphne and like on Daphne's wedding night, but she's always trying to do her best by her children. And, you know, if she didn't get like a great sex talk from her mother and she just was very fortunate and being married to a good man who like showed her the ropes and they, they did it together. Like you don't, we, we don't know enough about her past, I think, to really make a judgment, um, other than that, she's she's trying her best. And she's been a single mom for a long time, too. Yeah. And she also, when it seemed that Daphne was going to marry the prince, she didn't speak out against it, but she was concerned that she didn't she didn't understand why this match was uh, attractive to Daphne and what Daphne was doing. So she was trying to be supportive while also holding space for, is, is this the right thing? So I think she's hampered by her times. She's mm-hmm. not perfect, but, you know, as we learned from this um, episode, perfection is not where it's at, you know, that we we love everything about the person or the situation, including all the dark stuff. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think she absolutely does her best, um, which is it's, it's a great thing to do, everybody. Try your best, yeah. but also imagine that other people are trying their best as well. And it's... it's- she has built her and her husband, but you know, now it's just Violet. Um, have built this family right out of love that the Duke actually is excited by, and you know, sees a lot of like, oh, y'all sit together and eat dinner, right? It's just yeah. something as small as that. So you can tell that at the end of the day, she loves her children and she's gonna do right by them. And she's not, she's sometimes naive because. No one did it for her. And I think she had to figure it out. And her husband, because they were in love, I think did a lot of probably the heavy lifting with all that stuff for her as in he taught her. So she was like, well, the Duke's a good guy. He'll teach you. Little did she know that this Duke has his own trauma and might mess things up. And the other thing, too, is that uh, she's informed about the proposal. Like, it has to happen fast because something happened. And she does not know what happened. So she also, she's like, sex happened. Probably thinks that Daphne already banged. Right. Exactly. So it's just, it's unfortunate. But yeah, that's why I just wanted to bring that up yes. as well. Um, but I yes, mean, so- the, the fact that she didn't teach Daphne that ejaculate makes a baby is fine if the husband is not withdrawing. So it was information that she didn't know she needed to give because she doesn't know about the Duke. So, yeah, she is as flawed as we all are, but I don't, I don't see her as a, as a bad parent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. Um, so this conversation with Lady Danbury is what gets Violet, th- not Violet, Daphne. <laughs> Too much Violet on the break. This gets Daphne thinking about the Duke more. And she goes for breakfast in the same room that he eats breakfast in where they've been eating separately. Um, asks him to join her um, for a family function with Francesca um, because she's returned from, I think, Bath, they say. 
Uh, and there, it looks like she's putting in a lot of effort to try and reconnect. And he's, of course, in love, so he's not fully closed off to the idea. I mean, I just love that she's wooing him. Like, that, it's so cool. I appreciate it because I think unfortunately he is so broken that she she does need to you know do the heavy lifting right i relationships are sometimes not 50 50 i feel like they're very much sometimes one person has to give 100 and the other person isn't you know isn't able and i think at this point simon loves her it's so obvious right like everything she asked for he's like yeah obviously i'm gonna stay until the end obviously i'm gonna come to your parents house for breakfast you know all of that right he is He's saying yes to everything because he loves her, but I think he just doesn't know how to be a partner, a good partner, because he, he's not seen it. And even Lady Danbury, right, didn't have a partner that Duke could see. So it's really been no one. So I just I appreciate it. I was like, yeah, you woo him, girl. Let's do it. Woo. <laughs> But here again we see, you know, Simon is um, uh, jumped on by the two the two younger Bridgertons and they think he's brilliant. And there's just something about the adoration of children that's like really right. flattering. It's really flattering. Uh, so he makes a, a paper pony, uh, origami How pony How does he know full origami? He probably went to Japan, like honestly. Ooh, and Bobby learned he, it. Like he's so he, perfect. Who knows? Or he went to a Japanese lady anyway. Well, yeah. Um, but uh, so he again is charmed. Everyone's charmed by the Bridgertons. I mean, this is the annoying thing about them that while we are annoyed by that, we also would think, oh, if I was in that drawing room, I'd love them all as well. So it's mm-hmm. just it's just how they are. Uh, they're the product of a loving home. They've had the 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 example of a love, love loving parents. And they've been allowed to sort of fight and roll around together and have dinner together. And it's, um, you know, it's a very nice upbringing. And he missed that as well. Let's not forget he didn't have brothers and sisters, you know, who can be your uh, raft and can help you if the parental, you know, example is not good. And he didn't even have that. Yeah. yeah. And so they, it's very sweet, that this family gathering. Um and it it kind of goes back from that to uh, Daphne and Simon looking at their finished portrait. And it's such a throwback to episode um, either, I can't even remember if it's one or two, but they're discussing what they're going to do at the ball and they're planning on how many dances they'll have together and bargaining um, for what will look good. And it's just such a cute little reminder of where, where this little scheme started. I know, and I love that they both start laughing about it immediately because they're like, oh, not this again. We thought we mm-hmm. were, you know, past it. We've had sex multiple times. Like, it's, you know, it's, we're in such a different place, but it's so, it's so sweet. And I, and I appreciated seeing that side of them, but then it quickly goes back to, you know, I still don't want kids, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this guy. Oh, the sigh. It's the thing is, is like obviously I don't want to be in a position where I'm like, oh, someone says they don't want kids. Well, what if they change their mind? Because like that's problematic, right? Yeah, and that's uh, not something that you should ever say to someone. Um, like I have one coworker who's like obsessed with the idea of me having children, and I'm like, it's not. I'm sorry, it's not happening. Like it's not. It's not. And she's like, oh, but you're depriving the world. And no, go away. Leave me alone. That's um, so weird. Like we are not friends like that. We are coworkers. Like we have never hung out outside of work. 
and this is how she acts. Anyways, so, like, people act like that. It's really gross. But also, I'm like, Simon obviously, like, loves kids and wants yes. to be a dad. He just, like, has his pride is in the way. And so it's like, uh, Daphne, just, like, slow down. Continue wooing. Like, you to give it time and you'll get there. It's, it'll be okay. Yeah, because he told her yeah. about the vow. And she's like, so you'd rather pick someone that's dead over yeah. me. <laughs> and he's like, yes, correct. Correct. I will let a dead man ruin my life. Yeah. Yeah. That he's already ruined enough. So, so during during the ball, we have the upshot, almost upshot of uh, Eloise's investigations into Lady Whistledown. She approaches the Queen and the Queen's Majordomo, um, Brimsley. Brimsley says, where, where, where do you think you're going? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, she I need to speak straight to the up to the Queen. I know. It's brilliant. We love Eloise. But she is starting to get some wiles herself because when she hears from Brimsley that the um, there is a plan afoot to capture and stop and punish Lady Whistledown, she immediately turns on the charm, which she's learned somewhere. We've never seen it before, but good for you, Eloise. And she flatters him about, oh, I bet it was your idea. You're so, you know, you're so clever. And like all villains, he tells the entire plot of his villainy uh, to the hero before before it happens that they have figured out that Lady Whistledown takes her work to the printer at a time when the whole ton is at a ball, such as this evening. Yes. And so they are, the Bow Street Runners are staking out the printing shop and they will capture Lady Whistledown when and, she like, comes. He straight up gives her the address for the printing yeah. press. Like, he, this man is stupid. He should not be working. Well, enough. we know he's like, a gossip, so it actually it yeah, makes like sense. He, he should not be working in close proximity with royalty. No, he's just so proud of himself. He's like, I figured it out. We got yeah. her ass. Yeah, but I mean, Eloise works for it. She's, you know, she gets she gets what she needs. So she must now rush off and uh, get into a carriage, uh, her own carriage, and bribe her yes. own footman to she take her to the printing place. Main's illness to leave, and this there was also a really good moment at the start with Eloise and Daphne at the ball, where Daphne's like, "You showed up. That's all I need from you. If you want to go and read in the library for the rest of this ball, I will not say a word. Like it's you're good." So th their relationship is less strained as well. Um, but Eloise leaves because she's got to tell lady whistle down it's a trap <laughs> and she like pays a footman i was like isn't this your footman i have pin money oh my god i, I mean she doesn't pay the footman salary violet does oh that's true like do you think if like i can't that this is so ridiculous to me but like can you imagine if you had like a chauffeur growing up and your mom was like no you can't go to the party and you go out and you're like hey can you drive me to the party they're gonna be like no you don't pay me stupid like you're staying home and it's like how much ever i can pay you right for one night it's not worth me losing a whole career or my whole job over <laughs> but he's he young He's young and he has a ridiculous wig on his head. So what's he doing? I know. He's he like, let me just go. Let me let me get some fun in my night instead of I standing mean, around. Thankfully, they don't get caught. So it's okay. Yeah, that's true. And thankfully, Lady Whistledown doesn't get caught. She hears yes. the carriage. She realizes that Lady Whistledown is coming. She jumps out of her carriage and then she sees the Bow Street Runners. And then so she goes, she oh, runs. I thought it was someone else. Yeah. Listen, how did she get away with this? Because women are so underestimated that I think mm. it works. 
oh, you dumb woman that you did that you exactly. thought I was someone else. No, no, no. And she no, calls out to Lady Whistledown. It's a trap. So she doesn't see Lady Whistledown, Lady Whistledown's carriage gallops off into the night and she feels very satisfied that she has saved Madame Delacroix, a.k.a. Now, Lady Whistledown. Does this mean there will be no Whistledown tomorrow morning? Yeah, probably not. Unless Whistledown has other ways to get it, which I assume she probably has fail-safes. Well, in- yeah, because this is like... And we do find out at the end of this episode who Lady Whistledown is, but we do not actually find that out until at least the end of until the end of the fourth book in the book series. Right. And they outline how uh Lady Whistledown does her business and it does not involve going to a printer press during a ball because of course, spoiler alert, Lady Whistledown is Penelope and she would actually have to <gasps> be at these balls. Right. And she's like <laughs> missing juicy gossip at the end of ball if she would be leaving. Yeah. In her bright yellow dress, the Featherington girls have new dresses because of the money that their father has made in the yes. bet, uh, which is going to be his downfall. Oh. As he, during this ball, drunkenly goes to a brothel and they have a special room just ready for him. He walks in. The bed is empty, but there are some, the men that he made the bet with are ready to reckon with him. They said, we're not giving you your money because you fixed Mm-mm. He fixed match. it, and I mean, to be fair, he did get the money. Yeah, he did, but they, but the money gone when Portia goes to look for it. When she hears the news, your husband is dead. At first, she thinks it's something about Marina. She's like, Miss Thompson, where are you? What happened? And then she's like, Oh, it's my husband, not this. Yeah, not this. He gone. He gone. Not so the end. Gone. The end of the. He yeah. did. And because they, someone no money. else is going to be taking over the or some man we don't know who yeah, made it. And be. we don't know. And like all of this is new to the show from the book. So I can't even be like, well, here's what happens. Do you think oh, it's no. like a future suitor? Um, I don't think so, just right. because like most of the main characters already have like people's spoken for them that's true the only thing i can think of that would be like dramatic would be if it's like somehow by distant relationship like nigel burbrook is the like lord person don't do that because i think i think that in the books one of the featherington sisters marries a burbrook but i don't know if it's nigel or someone else I i can't remember so I could oh. see it being something like that. And then, like, like you know how in, like, sisters. Pride and Prejudice, they tried to get um, Lizzie to marry the heir so that mm-hmm. they get to keep, like, someone gets to keep the home. Like, I feel like it could be something like that. That um, makes sense. And hopefully it's someone we haven't met yet or someone that we, like, don't know well because the only other person that, like, narratively makes sense is Nigel. And I don't Ew. want Nigel. No, 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 no. And we know Nigel has no brothers because, as his mother said, once perfection had been reached, there was no need for another. Well, what about that other – or Nigel's kid? But that's so- Ooh. No. no that's just yeah, a, a young kid. He's a fits. Yeah. He's a fits. No. Yeah. So the last that we see of the Featheringtons is uh, the Featherington women on the steps of their home and uh, the wonderful housekeeper comes with a folded piece of paper. She has found out who the heir is. 
I think it's very weird that um, Lady Featherington didn't just know who the heir was. Like, normally, there would at least be some sort of knowledge, especially because um, all of her children are daughters and they're all mostly grown. So, at this point, it wouldn't be like, oh, well, we're still trying for a son. Uh, they They would know who the heir is. That's just, so it's a bit of narrative convenience, you think? I think so, yeah. Because the only other situation where I can think of a show doing something like this with the heir is um, Downton Abbey. And that makes sense because the known heir dies um, on the Titanic, actually. And so in the first episode, it's like, who? Well, who is the new heir? And they they find out pretty damn fast. Yeah, I think we'll know soon because in the trailer for season two, we actually see that the Featheringtons are there, um, obviously, because we need Whistledown. So I'm assuming we're going to know soon. Well, and whoever the heir is, I feel like would have an obligation to marry off these girls. Mm -hmm. So I could see it also being someone who's like, you have to stop dressing them like this. Yeah. What are you doing? We're going to have good taste and nice things. I know. I'm going to go back to the trailer now and see what outfit, like what color outfits they're wearing. <laughs> um, but either way, it's yeah, it's very interesting. I don't know. The, and that was one of the questions we were asked is like, what do you think about them telling us about Lady Whistledown so quickly? I'm conflicted, but also I feel like it gives them. So on the one hand, I'm like, oh, well, you're, we're not supposed to know yet. But also... I think it gives them so much more room to make things interesting moving right. forward of like what Penelope sees and does not see that I think it's ultimately a good thing. Oh. Yeah, and, and I think it's like less plot points. Like we just know that Penelope is there and like she's going to report on it. Yeah, and if there was any peril uh, that we see her in which she's nearly caught or something like that. So uh, not having read the books, I was perfectly satisfied and, in fact, happy to find out who yeah, me too. Uh, she was, particularly as I was completely convinced that it was Genevieve Delacroix. Same. They got my they ass. Did a really I was good like, oh, job with that. Um, another something I did not do a good job of was placing a spot for an advertisement in this podcast yes. episode. So we do need to take a short break uh, and we'll be right back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... But we also need to say, I think we forgot that uh, the boxing match, Will Mondrich does l- lose. That's why Featherington gets all the money, which is really unfortunate. Yes. And I think we mentioned Duke. it in passing. <laughs> yeah. And the du- the reason I wanted to bring it up, honestly, is because the Duke shows up, right, and starts chirping at him, which is like, why? You know, why is the Duke constantly in their marriage? Which is seemingly probably one of the most perfect marriage compared to everyone else, at least. And why, why are you in their business like that? Don't also, do it. Like, Simon, why don't you just bet against your friend and make some money? Like, right? I, I know you're rich, but, like, why not? He's too moral. He has too much morals, I think. I, I'm Ella. sorry. That's annoying. Yeah, stop it. Honor, honor, honor. No, well, no, I'm looking. The best honor is to look after your family, and certainly Will and his wife Alice do come to the ball. And Simon notices that Alice has a beautiful diamond necklace, so Will oh, has looked yeah. after her very much. We are fans of this. In this podcast, we stand Alice. Oh my God! Yes. yes, I wish we could get more Alice. Agreed. I wish that um bare knuckle brawling had more to do with the ball. <laughs> Right? Oh my god, please. Because I just love how she's constantly dragging the both of them, like Will and uh, Simon. She's like, both of you, tweedledee tweedledum, come over here. Get Literally. Oh, I love it. And I, I looked up the trailer and Penelope still has that god-awful yellow on. Oh, I, cool in the It's literally a plot point too, though. In Because in the books, because the Penelope and Colin book is seven years in the future past like three years past this so it's like Mm. 10 years down the line her and Eloise are like on the shelf and so now she's allowed to dress how she wants but Uh, when she's young her mom is still in charge I love this okay got it (laughs) can't wait can't wait for that and these girls are gonna have to start start wearing dresses again and as one of the other daughters said can one wear a dress again she's never heard the like oof mess they're all so sweet and naive I like when I buy like and I know obviously I'm coming from a very different time and place and um socioeconomic point but like to me I'm like buying clothes I'm like oh I can't wear wait to wear this like a hundred times like I don't mm-hmm. I don't think there's I've ever been happy about something that I could only wear once <laughs> yeah it's Indian co- outfits I will say way. like you can't really repeat um like at weddings like we do have to we feel like we have to buy multiple outfits um like it's one and done. Well, and like that's like special so. occasion stuff like that is totally understandable. But it's so expensive and stupid. It's, that yeah, it's, I, it yeah. sucks. But also like, but yeah. So that's what I think of these dresses as like those kinds of outfits. Not they're like every day. 
moment. Yeah, they probably wear the same day dresses all the time. It's yeah, just I mean, listen, gown. why do I need five nightgowns, apparently? You need no nightgowns, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was the laundry situation like, too? Not good. Dress pads. Dress pads were like, if you imagine a shoulder pad folded in half under your armpit. So you would stitch that, well, your maid would stitch that in. And then mm-hmm. they would stitch, and then they would unstitch that, and that's that's the thing that would get washed, and the yeah. and the muslin undergarments would get washed. Yeah, I, I do follow a couple of people on TikTok who do like um, era appropriate costuming, and I've definitely seen those before. It's mm-hmm. so foreign to me, obviously. Um, they were still they were still um, wearing them in the nineteen fifties, forties, and fifties. Yeah, they and they even up to the 40s and 50s, there was more of like a you could buy like disposable ones that you yeah. that would like take more of like um like a pad kind of situation. Yeah. I've definitely yeah. seen that. Hmm. Honestly, should I start wearing those? <sighs> Maybe. Depend. I mean, not. I'm but- not like a sticky, sweaty person. <laughs> it depends. I don't know because yeah. I feel like. Are you, how much water are you saving, right? Because you're, st- are you gonna wash them by hand? Actually, that might take up more water than like well, a, yeah, a good uh, laundry uh, or a good washing machine that maybe is like energy efficient. You're, so, you know what? You're making some excellent points. Yeah, and we're not big corporations that actually need to make the big changes <laughs> that are yeah. literally polluting the water yeah. as we speak. Yeah, so. we're being sold the fiction that we're, um, yeah, we're not. Uh, we do change. change we're not yeah. Leo who can just like get mad about climate change and then take private uh, planes everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Um. Okay. <laughs> so the summits, right? The climate change. Literally, like, I'm sorry. What? stupid anyway an idiot um so let's talk about our idiots our idiots Simon. Mm. our idiots yeah so at the ball lady danbury is giving simon a little bit of crap about the separation and you know giving him advice that having too much pride will cost him everything I love it, right? Like, she really is the only reason he is not out here in these streets, like, wilding. Like, he is the man he is, I believe, because of Lady Danbury. And I, you know, thank you. Thank you for making a character. And I know that's not how it is in the books, but for for this, for this. We uh, still stand Lady Danbury in the books. Yes, got it. Oh, good. There's a a shot of... Uh, Violet, Lady Danbury, and the Queen at one point, all standing side by side, all looking extremely proud and pleased as they watch uh, Simon and Daphne dance. And it's the most wonderful shot because it's like, yep, let the women do the work. Like Between the three of them, they got this happening, but it was a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And so... Daphne and Simon are having their waltz at their weirdly outdoor ball. I really feel like a Duke and Duchess would not be having an outdoor dance, uh, but I whatever. I it. <laughs> no, it's, it's cool, but I just, I feel like having the event outside in the evening would be um, odd. Yeah. I think it's odd, but only for how it looks on camera, I like it, but practical practicality, absolutely zero. But for the vibes, I'm into it. And listen, it rains, so people get to leave early. That's a perfect party for me, where it's like you don't have to stay too long. You can leave by nine. Thank you for coming. Yeah, but then they miss dinner. Listen, well, there was so there was little, for me. little bites. There were little bites circulating. 
to go yeah, cups. The, the, the servants yeah. were waiting with the plates at the end. <laughs> oh my god, um, my little doggy bags. But yeah, so they're dancing out outside, and uh, this is is it Lady Danbury who says like I think that they should dance alone. No one else needs to join. Yeah, she said everyone GTF, and then she basically. says, "Yeah, the ball's over. Everybody go home." Yeah, once it starts raining and like uh, Daphne and Simon are so into each other and like absorbed in each other, she's like, "Okay, uh, that's the night. Get out of here." I love that the queen. She tells the queen, "Get out," and the queen is like, "Yeah, I see it. I'm gonna go. They're gonna make a baby tonight, and I, I need that money." <laughs> I wonder to what extent this scene happening in the garden makes it, like, more meaningful for the queen to see after we've heard the queen talking with the king in a rare moment of lucidity about the gardens and the time they spent there. Like, I I feel like she's probably really in her feelings at this. No, Mm. she's, like, so entrenched, right? She's in the weeds with these two because of everything, right? Like, her nephew just got dumped by this girl. So, and then now she she put, like, a hundred whatever um wager on them having a kid so she's she's in it with them and she loves love at the end of the day we've seen that too because they do a moment i i can't remember if it was last episode or this one right where they show all the marriages basically in different ways so yeah i feel like she's in it and um i think yeah it was the start of this episode and um that's why i think she's just she's like yeah you can boss me around because i love them too much (laughs) So everybody does leave and Daphne in her gown with the muslin top of the of the gown inside showing her lovely bosom, which was what the ladies of the time used to do, have a little muslin slip inside which they would spray down with water. She doesn't need to do that. The water is falling from, yeah. from the heavens. Simon says, ah, it wasn't perfect. And she says, but I don't want perfect. And that's what we've both got wrong. We don't uh. want perfect. and she tells him the truth she tells him that she found the letters that he is worthy of love and that your father messed you up and he was wrong and and i just i love that then she walks away right after saying all this like she doesn't she's it gives him a moment obviously to ponder and i think she's not like begging him to love her, which is what yeah, we she's, like. she, Yeah, she's not asking him for anything. She is declaring, I am going to love you. Yep. I'm going to love all of you. That is what I am going to do. And she's not even asking, you know, she's not a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her back. She's yes. saying, I will love you. And that is my declaration. That is what I'm in charge of. And I can and will love every part of you. I know. And at this point, I'm waiting for her to be like, and that's enough for the both of us, right? Like, that was the yeah. next cheesy line. Because yeah, <laughs> I was wondering why John Legend's All of Me was, didn't start playing. Because she's like, I love your um, curves and all your, like, imperfection. And I was like, okay, and edges. And yeah, oh like, we, we, we know the song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised they didn't get an instrumental of that. Right. That's what I was saying. That would have been fun. But it does maybe obviously... a little on the nose. He gets a chance to think about it because he finds her on her fainting couch She's in her one of her many nightgowns, five, I believe. She's in one of them and a lovely um, uh, peignoir over the top of it. And he comes in and he's a little bit wet and disheveled. And he speaks to her from his heart. Yeah, I love it. It's so beautiful and vulnerable, finally. And so cute. Um. He's like, I don't want to be alone. 
I don't know how to be the man you knew me to be. And she's like, no, you are that man. And they have sex. And he doesn't pull and pray. Yeah. He does not. And they both know what that means. Yeah, they're choosing each other. <sighs> I feel um, like it's earned. I mean, we've been waiting. Yes, we have had them having sex, but this is like fully giving themselves to each other emotionally, physically, sexually. We've been waiting for this for eight episodes and uh, we have we have a satisfactory finish as well. It's just, I love it. I love it. It was a happy ending. I Everyone deserves to be satisfied, right? Yeah, Obviously, we've been exactly. saying this, so it's time. Yeah. We all deserved it. Um, so the end of the, the episode and season has just a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Eloise is comforting Penelope while she cries. And at the same time, Colin is leaving to travel. But of course, Penelope's just found out that her father is is dead. So that's that's probably more so the the cause of the tears. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time when I watched this, I forgot their dad had died. And I was like, I can't believe Eloise is so understanding about her being upset about Colin leaving. And then I was like, oh, right. I also had that right now when I watched it. I was like, why is she crying so much to Eloise? Because at first I thought it was Marina that was holding her for yeah. some reason. And then I was like, Eloise. And then I was like, right, <laughs> her dad died. Yeah, well, the, the the man that we have not liked and we have found to be unpleasant and uh, lecherous yeah, and selfish. That we just so, literally forgot. <laughs> yeah, because we don't care that uh, that he's dead. They certainly care, um, mm-hmm. whatever, emotionally I mean, but also practically. We can only hope that he had time to put that money actually into his daughter's dowries God. before it got taken back. Mr. Finch! <sighs> Mr. Finch was the... The uh, suture of the one suture, of the girls, yeah. Philippa. Yeah, one of hopefully, hopefully the money is back so that Philippa can get with Mr. Finch if he has not chosen another a young lady already. Mm. But this Strange. is a very nice setting because this is the departure of Colin, so he's going to get on his horse and drive away. So the Bridgertons are all out in Grosvenor Square, and the Featheringtons are all out, and everybody's all out. Uh, seeing yes. this happen, it's mm. also when Marina leaves as well. Mm. Yeah. So departures uh, left and right. Yes. Um, Benedict lets Eloise know that he was with Madame Delacroix slash Genevieve last night. So <gasps> Eloise realizes she could not possibly be Lady Whistledown. Grasp. <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> oh, and now she's like, it's almost like a montage of putting things together. Oh, I did yeah. talk to um, Penelope that it could, had to be someone in their house, that it had to be someone that wasn't at the Queen's luncheon. Bam, bam, bam. And then cut to it's Penelope with She's, her hood down. Yeah. That was so dramatic. That's dramatic as hell. So extra. Um, I loved it. <laughs> but yeah, it's her. We get proof that it's her. And, you know, she could be the savior of her family because she's been selling these every day to everyone in London. So surely that money is somewhere. That's what I'm hoping, right? Like, is it that Penelope saves her family instead um, of this man? And that's what they needed to show her as Lady Whistledown. I, yeah, I think that that is a really safe bet. Mm -hmm. just this was done so well because we do we flash back to the night before uh but we see it from inside the inside lady whistledown's carriage the louise saying it's a trap it's a trap 
galloping, galloping away, the hood, who is it, who is it? And then she pulls down her hood and she looks quite different. She has an expression on her face that it's hard to read but it's wonderful and made me very excited to see Penelope's journey in season two. And it's also nice to know because you just look at how this whole season Eloise has wanted to be just like Lady Whistledown and has wanted, you know, that strong woman in her life and that example and it's been her best friend all along. It's just chef's kiss. Oh, mm. She's probably fangirling so hard now. She's like, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I'm all in, baby. Oh, man. Um, And so then the only last scene that we get is it's a little bit in the future because Daphne is giving birth and she has Simon on one side and her mother on the other, just the total opposite to the birth experience that Simon had. The baby is born. It's a boy. Simon holds his son right away. He wants to hold him and they decide that they do have a family tradition and this baby's name is going to start with an A. So it's cute. like, shouldn't it been I? <laughs> like H? Yeah, I. Well, I think it's like each unit no, will start kidding. over at the alphabet. Like, yeah. it's it's funny. It's sweet. I appreciated the stark contrast from his birth. That That is like, I feel like the only other birth we saw on here. Um, so his birth, which is traumatic for, I mean, all of us, even to watch versus like Daphne's which was this beautiful supportive environment for during the day the -hmm. room was full of light she had two people holding her hands and kissing her hands and everyone was very very happy she was cawing like a crow which I appreciated she was making very unusual noises and I thought oh good for you did they (laughs) give birth on their back back then too or like I was like would they have stood up um I I feel like um wasn't like wouldn't there have been a point where they'd be on all fours as well yeah that's exactly but I don't know I'm not a doctor or scientist so I'm not going to pretend to know what would be yeah I know someone that gave birth on all fours um like now in 2020 in the so, 50s and 60s, they, they were still putting it women was, in stirrups. So yeah, yeah, I was like, it's better for you to mm-hmm. not give birth. Like this is just—it's better like for you've got doctor. gravity helping you out a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Oh, listen, women are—they've been ruining us for since the beginning of time. Truly, <laughs> truly. And yeah, so that is it. Season one of Bridgerton. Sasha, I know you were compiling some questions. Do we have any others that we need to hit? Yes. Um, the only other one I think we need to talk about. Well, they were everyone was also hoping that there would be a cute puppy as well, which I believe if you saw the trailer, there is a corgi. Yes. So. Season two will have uh have a corgi. Yes. So wanted to just bring that up. And then, you know, in true outlist form, Mike Bloom did ask us to rank the Bridgerton children. This is Ooh, sickening what to me. Right I know. We have to um, do it every, hey, I think, at the end to. of every season oh, and see how it changes. This is hard because I feel like I can only write based on the books and, like, how I actually oh, Yeah, like I know. Them, yours right? is, like, Yours is going to be actual, like, like comprehensive. I like a fully, like, fleshed out ranking of them Mm. and I feel like it's also not like it might not be like the most um it might be a little bit of a hot take oh well I would put Eloise at number one what about you uh 
My number one is my, Benedict. My Ooh. number one is Colin. Oh. Yeah, he was my number two. That's my top three. I had Eloise, Benedict, Colin. See, and yeah. this is, is my fourth. There's something oh. that you won't be able to. Un- I have Eloise fifth, actually. Oh. Um, no. my, my number two, and I, it's going to be hard to understand. I have Hyacinth as number two. Oh, oh she's my number four. Her story is so fun. Yeah. Um, I have, um, and then I have Francesca as number three. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I put Daphne as three for now, um, because she's a mess. But I love she's. Oh, a she's mess. my number five. Yeah. yeah, she's my number four, and then I have Eloise just after. Yeah. <laughs> it's just once you get Eloise's, like, love story, it just makes so much less freaking sense than anything else. And she's okay. not as visible in the first couple of books as Got she it. is in this season. So I'm just, like, she doesn't make any sense, but I still like her. So that's why she's my five. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I have Anthony six, Gregory seven, and Francesca eight, because I don't know Francesca, so mm-hmm. I had nothing to go on. Yeah, yeah I have, Anthony, Anthony's like second to last only because I don't know Francesca. Yeah, I you have, put, you I put have Gregory Anthony. above Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have second. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did. Yeah. So then I have Anthony six, Gregory seven, and then Benedict. I have as eight. Um, <gasps> oh, and that means this book is gonna be so bad. And I just know. need to say, it's not because the book is like so. Basically, Benedict's book, the third Bridgerton book, is just like a retelling of Cinderella in like eighteen sixteen oh, or some it. shit. Like it's okay. just like not that interesting. And like in the show, Benedict is way higher up, obviously, yeah. and would be above like all these people that we don't know yet and all this but this is just like in my in my full summer ranking and like i like yes. the benedict book but it's just others have more like gregory's book is unhinged but it's also like <laughs> at a certain point the julia quinn novels just like jump the shark in such an insane way uh yeah i don't know i have hot takes i guess but uh if anyone else has read the books let me let me know how your ranking yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, let's do all of ours. Okay, quickly then. So hey, mine yes. will be Benedict, Colin, Daphne, Eloise, Hyacinth, Gregory, Anthony, Francesca. I can't believe you put Gregory above Anthony. I had Eloise, I Benedict, cute. Colin. Sorry, Hyacinth, go ahead. Daphne, Anthony, Gregory, France, um, Francesca. Okay, and so I have Colin, Hyacinth, Francesca, Daphne, Eloise, Anthony, Gregory, Benedict. Oh. Wow. wow we're not and then we'll get geneva to tweet hers um when yes. it goes live <laughs> yes. perfect she Brilliant. can't be she can't escape the wrath it's not Ooh, no. she has to rank them rank the children yeah. how dare you not yeah um okay and so that was the last question correct yes yes and sorry okay. if i missed yours but we also have a review yay um, i feel like we should read because it actually leads into season two so perfect yeah Royal Rach 7 reaches gives us five stars. Thank you, Queen. And said, uh, or King, I don't know. Uh, or person. Uh, and I'm royalty, monarch. the royal monarch. Thank you. Yeah. Uh dictator. I'm so excited <laughs> for season two of Bridgerton that I plan to rewatch season one. So I'm glad there's a podcast that's also recapping the season in a funny yet insightful way. My brand. Thank you. I'm just kidding. Uh, It's a blast to hear these four ladies discuss the show with their different perspectives. And I can't wait for more. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Rach. Thank you, Monarch. You're amazing. Rach, thanks. 
But yeah, I feel like that sets us up really well for season two because we have our own feed now, baby. So I hope y'all are, you know, by this point, you've probably already seen our tweets about it, but we're recording it ahead of time, obviously. Yeah, so you can get our feed at postshowrecaps.com slash Bridgerton. Please go like, subscribe, um, give us a five-star rating and review. New subscriptions are the absolute best way to help people find us. And since we're a new feed, um, it, we might actually be able to like chart at the start of season two if you yeah. help us out with subscriptions. So subscribe, subscribe on your family's devices, subscribe everywhere, please. It's super helpful to us. But we are going to close the dark walk until season two. Uh, but until then, Sarah, where can people find you? They can find me on the Twitter at oh, the Twitter. Oh, I just gave myself away. <laughs> the Twitter. The Twitter. Um, uh, they can find me there at Sarah Carradine. Uh, I'm covering Our Flag Means Death for post show recaps. And I have a new show over on RHAP with the great Murray Forth. It's called Crime Scene. It's a true crime review podcast. And we will be bringing you True Crime Tuesdays uh, and some wonderful reviews and some amazing guests. Amazing. And Sasha, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at funsize underscore 04 and over on Silent Podcast. I'm sure I'm probably covering something or another over there um, and probably over on RHAP covering, who knows, guesting on stuff, I'm sure. Uh, and, you know, may, there might be a new podcast coming up. So get excited. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Amazing. And if people want to hear more from me, I have a weekly BoJack Horseman rewatch podcast with Lindsay Wilson at BoJack Horsepod. Temptation Island is back, baby. So Maggie Morgan and I are covering that at robheswebsite.com slash hot dummies. Riverdale is sadly back. So uh, Mary <laughs> Kwiatkowski and I'll be covering that over on Kowski Cast. Uh, and you know, uh, you never know when you might hear something new from me as well over on, uh, on RHAP. Uh, and you can follow me everywhere at Kirsten Said What, including twitch.tv slash Kirsten Said What. But we will be back next time for season two, episode one of Bridgerton. And so we'll see oh. you then. Can't wait. Bye, everyone. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.